welcome back to This Week in Film. This is definitely the first time we're doing this today, and I'm Nick Panunzo, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? Well, Nick, it's been a long week and it's Monday. <laughs> uh, it's good enough, though. How are you? I'm good. Uh, this is the weekly podcast where we get together, talk about the movies we've seen over the past week. And uh, I've seen one movie, and something tells me you've seen two. Correct, you are. All right. What did you see, Nick? I saw the movie Mortal Engines. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what did you see? I saw Ocean's 8 and Lego Movie 2. Okay. Let's, uh, why don't we start with the Lego Movie? Um, but before right. that, I guess we're going to do a, a, an abbreviated preview corner. <laughs> yeah, you got a, a half a corner here. Because um, I've talked about most of these. So we got Ugly Dolls. Oh, wait, let me interrupt which, you. Preview corner brought to you by the big ticket. Okay, go ahead. The big ticket. Uh, yeah, Ugly Dolls uh, looks annoying. Um, the message seems to be love your flaws, but it looks pretty insincere. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not going to see it. Uh, so that's that. Marissa Tomei is hot, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Um, or Spider-Man... What is it? The last one was Homecoming. What's this one? Far From Home. See, I've seen the preview seven times now, so I don't even know the subtitle. Um, and uh, I still like the Mary Jane character. She's the only part of the preview that... I don't know, did anything at all? Her being a smartass towards Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, watching the preview, I feel like there's a giant water guy that looks kind of like Sandman from the third original Spider-Man movies, and that's not an association I want. Um, but, you know, hopefully there's some story to go along with all this stuff. So I'll still be seeing it. Uh-huh. And uh, saw another preview for Shazam. Uh, and I got nothing to say about that new, uh, <laughs> nothing new to say about Pokemon. So there's that. Right. And then, uh, Toy Story 4. I saw a preview for Toy Story 4, uh-huh. uh, which, uh, with all the movies coming out that I've seen previews for that remind me of Toy Story, seeing a preview for Toy Story 4, I was like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, and it didn't do anything. Like it didn't show anything. It was just the characters kind of dancing by the screen uh, doing nothing like there are no lines there's nothing about the movie itself so uh yeah it didn't uh i don't know it'll probably be great but uh the, so far the previews aren't really showing anything okay um yeah and then i saw another preview for the secret life of cats and dogs or secret life of pets or whatever it's called mm-hmm. and in this one instead of just some rabbit doing whatever it was doing in that preview we saw it was a a cat training a dog to be a cat, and uh, much to my surprise, uh, some of the jokes were kind of funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> not saying I'm going to be going to see it, but uh-huh. you know. uh, but that was that. Uh, then I saw a preview for uh, another preview for a movie. I saw a preview for a while back, Wonder Park, where a kid has an imaginary theme park because that's normal. And uh, it becomes real, and then there are lots of, I think these are supposed to be jokes, but um, none of them were very funny. So I, I, I would say don't bother with that one. So it's like a, and, a kid has a, an imaginary theme park, like in his backyard? or Like in her mind, she has a theme park, I think in her bedroom, mm-hmm. and uh, she... I, I imagines it into existence. Uh huh. I don't know. It looked like I said. It looks like another kind of Toy Story ripoff. Um, but then once she's in the Wonder Park world, once it comes to life, or she gets sucked in, or she gets I don't know has hallucinations or whatever the however it's happening. Uh, there are a lot of characters that seem very annoying and like. Looks like one of those things where it thinks it's funny and it's just not. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Then, after that, I saw another preview for How to Train Your Dragon 3. Uh-huh. And, um, well, I, I was seeing Lego Movie 2 in 3D, and this uh, 
trailer for Dragons 3 included a little clip that I hadn't seen in the other trailers. And it looked really, really good in 3D. And the colors were really nice. Um, so, I don't know. And my girlfriend was with me to see... Uh, what did we see? Lego Movie 2. <laughs> and, uh, and apparently she really enjoyed both the first and the second one. So, uh, I think it's predetermined I'll be going to the theater to see that one. Um, but actually, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, the first two movies, they're, they're solid movies. They're pretty good. I enjoyed the first one, but I, I hadn't seen the second one. I guess he must lose his leg in the second one, right? I really don't remember. Nah. <laughs> they're, they're good movies, but not very memorable. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so, uh, so that's, that's preview corner. That was it. Okay, great. Uh, sorry, big ticket. I know that wasn't super exciting, but you know, <laughs> at, at least you didn't have to sit through the entire half hour of it. Right. Uh, all right. So, uh, you saw the Lego movie to the second part. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? The second part I, or is it? Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's not the second one. It's the second part. Yeah. So, if you're fact checking over there, yes, the second part, yeah, was, my silence was the sound of the internet loading, right? Um, yeah, so I uh, I really enjoyed the Lego Movie, uh, the the first part, um, in spite of having kind of waited a long time to see it. Uh, you know, I saw it on Netflix or something, mm-hmm. um, and this one d- did not make me laugh nearly as much. Um, the, the plot with this is there, there's a more obvious kind of framing story to it than the first one. Um, I think in the first one, you kind of get the real world stuff just at the end. Yeah. Um, this movie picks up right where the last one left off. And so like the framing story is like, oh, now that the dad and the son play together, they're going to have to let the sister play too. Um, and so that's kind of where things start off. Cause I think that's where the first movie ended where he's like, Oh, we're going to let your sister come down too. And it's like, Oh no. Um, so it picks up there and then gets into the, the Lego world story, which is that, um, there are kind of invading creatures and in the world that, as you knew it with Emmett and dang it, I always forget her name. I want to call her Sidewinder. Wild style. Uh, Wild style. There we go. Um, like their world is becoming an apocalyptic world and uh-huh. it's dark and gritty and like a Mad Max um, kind of place. Exactly. And you know, wild style fits in just fine. And Emmett still kind of stands out like a sore thumb. And, uh, then some of these invading creatures steal, wild style and some of the other characters and Emmett's on a mission to save them. And along the way he runs into Rex, this other character played by Chris Pratt. Um, and it's, it's, it's not very good. Uh, it's, it's not nearly as fun. Um, there, the music's really not as funny and, the humor's just, it's just not the same. It's kind of like one of those, uh, it's a very sequel-y. It's, it's got the feel of kind of a letdown sequel, but it does start to pick up about 45 minutes in, which is probably like half the movie. Uh, but the jokes kind of start to land then. Most of the jokes up to that point are very like, like there's a banana that slips on itself a lot. And that's the joke a lot. That like he that he does what f- five times the banana slips on himself like he slips and falls oh, like okay. you would on a banana peel yeah yeah they uh, the jokes aren't that great until about forty five minutes in mm-hmm. and the songs one of the characters which you do see I think in the preview this thing that can reshape itself a lot um, and it's a bunch of purple and pink colors uh, it does some sort of kind of jazzy r&b maybe rap kind of songs uh-huh and they're just they're just not very funny uh some of the reactions to it are a bit funny so so it's not completely flavorless um but it's really about 45 minutes or halfway through the movie that the jokes 
actually start to land. And then there are a couple songs that end up being pretty funny. Like there's one song towards the very end that's actually really, really funny. Um, and the Raptors, you know, cause you see them in the, in the preview that like the Chris Pratt voiced second Chris Pratt voiced character Rex, uh, has trained Raptors. Uh huh. They play more of a part than you would expect. And they've got like subtitles and stuff. So they end up being kind of a funnier part of the movie. Um, but I actually found the framing story, which I won't really get into into more detail. Um, but I found it to be the stronger point of the movie, which really surprised me. Uh, I, I think the first time around it was all Lego world stuff that was fun. Um, and here it was the framing story that was a little stronger. And what's the, the, uh, uh, the framing story? The the brother and the sister? Yeah, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, but uh, the humor, that like the, the jokes that were in there, like the banana peel stuff, it's all very like kid humor. But the adult humor, which I think the first movie had in very good balance, starts to kick in a bit more towards the end. And in that funny song, the one that's actually funny, there's like some really adult stuff where I'm like, not adult in terms of like, you know, like sexy or dirty minded, but like just like existential crap. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, it's really funny at that moment. Um, so I, and, and I'd say there are some new characters that are, or at least one new character that's a bit more interesting, um, than some of the other ones and it doesn't get enough attention. So I can't say I really recommend going to the theater for this one. I'd say wait till it's coming out on, you know, a streaming service or to, to rent. Yeah. And yeah. And I don't, there's not much more I could say about it without like spoiling stuff, but I'm not sure there's that much more to say about it really. Mm-hmm. Unless you have any questions that you're trying to no, figure uh, out whether to see it or not. Everything you're kind of saying kind of reminds me of the, the Lego Batman movie mm-hmm. where, where it was, it was just kind of okay. Um, like I like I feel like the Lego Batman movie thought it was a better movie than it was. Um I'll agree with that. And um like it's not bad, but it's not like really good. Like I feel like the the first Lego movie, um the the first one with Chris Pratt and all was kind of a lightning in a bottle kind of situation. Yeah. And um like when like I was really excited to see the Lego Batman movie and then when I watched it I was like, "Eh, I'm uh, okay." Uh, and like, you know, maybe I'm not the target audience for it. Like, I guess it's for, for kids for the most part. Cause my son seemed to really enjoy it. But, um, mm-hmm. like the first Lego, the first Lego movie I feel like was aimed not so much at kids, but at, uh, a more mature audience. Um, yeah. And, and not mature. And like, like you, like you said for how sexy the movie was, <laughs> but, um, for, uh, for how like, like, you know, like meta the jokes were and, and things like that. And, uh, like, I, I feel like, like they, uh, this movie is going to be tough to measure up to that. The end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I would agree with some of the things you said about the Batman movie. I think it thought it was better than it was. Um, but I actually, I enjoyed it for the most part. I'd say that was probably like a, maybe a B for me b maybe b minus mm-hmm. this one is c minus territory like wow, i did really? not enjoy okay. this nearly as much as i yeah I, I i walked out a little happier than i thought i would be mm-hmm. um because it did get better as it went but if now that i've had a day away from it and um can look back on take the whole movie in i'm like yeah i i liked the batman movie a lot more than this one. Oh, okay so, uh, yeah had a lot less to offer Okay, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's that. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, not really a recommend. Uh, although I think if you do have young kids with you that, and you're just looking to let them enjoy something, you're probably fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it for the Lego Movie Part 2. Uh, Nick, how was Mortal Engines? Oh, Mortal Engines. Um well, uh, maybe we should save Mortal Engines for the end because I I don't think you're gonna want to see it, and uh, <laughs> and so I'm I'm planning on spoiling it uh, unless you were planning on seeing it. 
Oh no, not at all. No, okay. Then why don't we save that? No why don't we that. save that for the end? Because uh, I'll spoil the hell out of it. Uh, and I do plan on seeing Ocean's Eight at some point. So, would you mind going into that? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I can go into that, and I can try not to spoil anything for you. Okay. Um, this movie, uh, much like uh, the uh, Lego Movie Two, was quite a disappointment. Um, uh, this movie bored the heck out of me. Like, I, it, it, it was boring until the last 40 minutes of the movie. Um, nobody in this movie seems to be having fun. Like all the, the, the kind of energy that you get from the original oceans 11. Uh, and I'm sorry to compare it. I mean, I think that's kind of inevitable and there are tons you, of references. I think you to have to compare it. I mean, it's a, it's a prequel, right? Yeah. No, no, it's a, it's a, so here's the plot. Danny Ocean is dead. What? And he has a sister who's alive. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a sequel. Uh, And he has a sister. Yeah. What? This is Ocean's 8 where Sandra Bullock is the main character. Yeah. I figured it was a sis. Yeah. It's that's no, no, no. Oh my God. She's his sister. And he's dead, and and the movie's going to remind you of that like ten times in the first few minutes, and then like four more times throughout the movie. Like, hey, don't forget that other movie. It's kind of like watching The Hobbit <laughs> after <laughs> after seeing the Lord of the Rings movies, uh-huh. where it's just every now and again, it's like, hey, don't forget we made good movies once. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's not terrible. I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but like the whole time I was just kind of waiting for it to be over, uh, which was a shame because I was going into it looking forward to uh, having kind of an Ocean's 11 feel. I was just hoping it would be better than Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 13. Um, At the end of the day, I'll say it is better than Ocean's 12. It's probably not as good as Ocean's 13. Um but the biggest problem with this movie is just that no one seems to give a crap that they're in it. They, it's just not, there's no fun. It's like someone took a basic idea of an ocean movie and then sucked out all the life. And even when it comes to like the quirky stuff they're doing, um, you know, like all the tricks and bells and whistles to make the heist happen. And in this movie, they're trying to steal jewelry. They're trying to steal this really expensive necklace. Um, and they're doing that by trying to arrange for an actress to wear it to, fuck, I don't even remember what it was, a fashion show or something, a dinner. Is it the actress, the Emmys, Julia Roberts? The Oscars? I don't know. No, it's an actress played by Anne Hathaway. Um, and... Yeah, I, I mean, that's probably the one reason that it's not as bad as Ocean's 12 is because there's no stupid meta thing. There's no weird Bruce Willis um, Except for that they keep... No, no. Um, although they do throw a bunch of famous people into it at this event, and they're like references to names. Um, but it just it just seems like a cheap version of an oceans movie like is you know like some of those movies where when transformers is coming out there's like transmorphers right from some other company that just wants to get it on the shelf and have it look the same yeah yeah (laughs) this this feels like that and uh uh, i i mean did um did steve soderbergh direct it i don't know and i don't care um if did he he did the first one right he did the first three he did all three of them? Yeah. Oh, well, then he might have. I was going to say, if he did the first one, it couldn't have been by him because it's so much worse. But um, if he did all three, I guess it could have been. Um, no, it was a guy it, named just, Gary it, Ross. Okay. Well, so yeah, Sandra Bullock uh, barely looks at the towards the camera. You barely get to see her face. And she interacts with Kate Blanchett more than anybody else. But both of them are just kind of preoccupied with seeming tough. And that's kind of how the movie feels. It's just like, it's just trying to show maybe, maybe it's because the cast is all women and they're trying to, to 
emphasize that they're tough, but I think they could have been fun and tough at the same time. And it's just really not there. Um, they, they seem like people who are like, yep, we're on the same side because we're here to get our paycheck for being in this movie more than the characters are actually with each other. I, I feel like the movie doesn't trust these women to carry itself and to seem strong while also having a good time. So instead there's no good time and it's just them acting tough and it really takes away from enjoyment. Like there's just, and, and the toughness isn't really necessary or helpful anyway. Um, it, but the one character who has some fun is played by Aquafina. Um, and my understanding is that she was a musician turned isn't Aquafina uh, rapper a water turned yes that's also the name of water but this is spelled very differently um okay. it's spelled more like if you were to take the word awkward and turn it into aquafina okay. um and and she's she's actually she doesn't get enough time on screen for me to say she's really great but with the little bit that they give her, it feels that way. It feels like it could have been a lot more fun if they had emphasized her more. Um, and I don't have a lot more to say about this movie, really. It 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 was kind of a kind of a letdown and and kind of a long slog. So you know, once you see it, we can spoil it a bit. But uh, I'll be I'll be curious to see how how you how you enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's not in, uh, that's not uh, making me want to see it anymore. It's like one of those movies that I keep, I keep seeing, and I go, I don't feel like being disappointed today. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, you know, like I love that ocean, that first Ocean's Eleven movie, and then like the other two are just not very good. Like I know Ocean's Thirteen is better than yeah. Ocean's Twelve, but it's still not a good movie. But that first one is just so cool. Yeah, the first one's like a great balance of fun and like plotting and planning and like yeah. intricacies and charm and humor. And yeah, that's just so much of that's taken out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. So you weren't feeling like getting disappointed and you watched uh, Mortal Engines instead, <laughs> right. huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I watched Mortal Engines, which, uh, which, which was not very good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a movie that takes place in like the post apocalyptics, the post apocalyptics, which is a neighborhood. And, uh, it takes place in like the distant future, like a, I guess like a thousand years into the future or something. And it's after, um, mankind in the 21st century or the 22nd century creates this weapon that is so powerful that it like, not only destroys most of the world, but it like shifts the tectonic plates of the planet to like realign how the world looks. Uh, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And the movie doesn't really take the time to explain anything to you. Uh, like the first half. Oh, oh, oh. And, and so like the, the, the movie lives in this post-apocalyptic world. And um, so there's two different societies. There's a society of people that live on these like mobile, mobile cities. Like uh, the main city that you're on is called London. And it's like a giant city with uh, tank tracks underneath it. And the city survives by basically eating other cities. Um, other mobile cities like uh, people, people on the left side of the world live in these mobile cities and people on the right side of the world. And I mean like literally like the, the West and the East Yeah. and the people in the East live in these stationary cities, but they're protected by this giant wall, um, this giant steel wall uh, that keeps the, the, mobile cities out so on the left side of the world the the mobile cities survive by eating each other like uh the movie starts with london basically devouring this smaller city and it basically absorbs all of their its resources by um you know like it swallows the city and then it uh like the city's not alive which i feel like i'm making a little confusing 
But uh, so the the city like swallows the London swallows the smaller city, Christ, and and it absorbs its people. The people then become part of the London society, and then they they strip the old city for parts, and it's called um oh what is it municipal Darwinism or something like that. Where can, where, can I ask you a question, please? <laughs> okay, so. I got two questions, I guess. One's about the city and how it eats things. So I guess I'll start there. Does it like just roll right over it and then kind of pause Basically, and people jump down and take resources and pull them back up to it? Basically, like the the city like opens its drawbridge kind of a thing and it like rolls and the and like the 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 smaller city gets kind of like pulled into it with like harpoon cables. Oh, they actually just lift the whole city right up into it. Kind of, yeah. Like they, they, okay. Like a big gate drops down in front of it, and then uh, it gets pulled into the larger city. Okay, so it's like a mechanical version of a tractor beam. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. Now my second question is: uh-huh. when it comes to these cities, like you said, it's called London. Yes. Is that because the city London was turned into this giant machine thing, or is it just? arbitrarily named london like hey that was the name of a city so i think this the latter is correct um i think they just call okay. it london but but because it's london it's full of english people which doesn't make any sense like <laughs> the, all the people in london have english accents so that part doesn't make sense also in the in the distant future everyone still has their local accents like 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 London is this mobile town that swallows all kinds of cultures and civilizations, but everyone there speaks with an English accent. And then uh-huh. in the East is still like Asia. So, okay. And then like, there's like a Nordic guy who's, who's like Nord, you know, like Nordic. And then there's this other guy who, who's American, you know, like there's Americans too. So the movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then I, I didn't know anything about this movie kind of going into it. Like I saw the trailer for it and wasn't very impressed. And I was like, I don't yeah. really want to watch this, but I, I felt like why it was watching this or overlord. And my wife didn't want to watch world war two zombies, which was disappointing. And yeah, um, yeah. so I, I, maybe I'll see that this week. Cause I've heard good things about that movie. I've heard mixed things, but the good ones have, have, made it sound appealing enough that I'll be watching it at some point too. Maybe I'll get into it this week too. Yeah. Um, but this movie, uh, has the feel of like, while you're watching it, you're like, I bet this is a young adult book and it is, it's based, it's Uh based on some young adult book series. And you're like, Oh, well now it makes sense. Why, why all the characters are young and beautiful. Um, but also Hugo Weaving is in it and Hugo Weave and uh, spoiler alert for this movie. Cause now I'm going to start ruining it. Uh, Hugo Weaving plays like the architect of the place. Like he's in charge of like keeping the city going and London, London going. Yeah. And uh, turns out he's the bad guy. And um, like the main, is character- that supposed to be a surprise? Uh, a little bit, but they kind of like spoil no shit in the beginning. Cause- What's you that? could tell that from the previews. Well, like I, I didn't know it, and then like the movie starts off. The movie starts off. There's like this girl. There's a girl who's wearing a bandana over her face, like her lower half of her face, and she's right. and she like gets absorbed into London. Like this first town that gets swallowed gets she gets absorbed into London, and this is all part of her plan to assassinate Hugo Weaving, because long story short, Hugo Weaving murdered her mother. Her mom, yeah, yeah, and gave her a scar, right? Yeah, is that all in the trailer? Yeah, man, that's all very important to the story. So, like, this girl's face, she has like this slight. I mean, it's a pretty gruesome scar across like her lower face, but yeah. like, I I imagine in the book uh, that the scar or her disfigurement must be so much more pronounced because mm-hmm. because the way like all the characters in the movie act towards her it's like she's the most she the way that characters act like at one point she gets um they get they get sold as slaves or they're in like a, a slave like uh what's what do you call it when you sell slaves like a slave auction 
Yeah, like they get absorbed into, and they're going to get sold as slaves. And uh, this one guy refers to her as like, uh, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he says like she's like totally mangled, and she'll look better when the when the guy she's being sold to turns her into sausage. And I'm like, she just has like a little scar. Like, I mean, it's a big scar, but it's not like horribly horribly disfiguring like all the characters in this movie act like she looks like dr poison from wonder woman like you know how (laughs) you know what there was there was another movie um that i think some sort of young adult thing too uh that came out somewhere within like the last year or so wherein the female character was supposed to be like rejected by society and stuff and the main character the main male character anyway is like i think you're beautiful just like you are Uh but like the girl the actress is gorgeous and it's just like a bit of a birthmark it's it's like nothing nothing that would make it uh, make her unattractive at all yeah and it sounds like kind of a similar thing yeah i mean it's it's like the the main actress like she's like this beautiful girl and you're like oh she just has like a nasty scar it looks it looks kind of cool and she wears this red bandana that looks kind of cool and um and she basically the other main character in the movie is this this english version of justin long and they they go on this adventure together and oh yeah so the the english version of just english justin long uh is trying after she tries to assassinate hugo weaving he chases her down and uh, she says, Hugo Weaving's the bad guy. Ask him how. Ask him why he murdered my mom. And and he's like, okay, well, I think he's a great guy, but uh, see you later. And she falls down this pit. And then Hugo Weaving comes around the corner and he's like, oh, great job, Tom. It's a shame she got away. And he's like, and Tom says, yeah, uh, she was saying some crazy stuff. And Hugo Weaving's like, oh, what did she say? And he's like, oh, like you murdered her mom or some ridiculous stuff like that. And Hugo Weaving's like, oh, it's a shame she said that. And he kicks him off the, he kicks him down the same tunnel, like that, that ejects him out of the, the city. And Hugo Weaving's daughter comes around the corner right after this. And he's like, oh yeah, your buddy, Tom, he fell down the pit. It's a shame. And then in the distance is this other character who's in the movie for five minutes who like witnesses the whole thing. And he, he's the key to getting the daughter. Oh, this daughter character is so misused. Like this movie's so bad. It doesn't (laughs) It sounds extremely convoluted. It's really convoluted. And it definitely is the kind of movie where like while you're watching it, you're like, I bet this is better explained in the book or, or this makes more sense after you've read the book. And uh, I thought that this movie was directed by Peter Jackson and it's not, he's just a producer on it. Like, I guess it's his film company that made it. It was directed by Christian rivers and um, it, it looks great. Like it looks terrific for, for the most part. There's some, some, some of the scenes you can tell they're like standing in front of a green screen with just CGI background and stuff. Yeah. And there's like a lot of sequences where the main characters are running while all this CGI damage is flying around them. Like much like, um, in Bumblebee where like the main characters running past the robots that are smashing everything around her, but she's not impacted by every, anything. She's just like running past all the stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, so there's a lot of that in this movie, which I, I think just always looks bad anymore. Like I'm not really impressed by CGI anymore, but, but like the mobile city in this movie looks, looks really cool. Um, I wish there was more explanation about what was actually going on in this, like with this world, like, like the movie gives you so much exposition at the beginning and then it just kind of doesn't explain anything though. Like you're like, it doesn't really know how to actually establish the world very well. Yeah. And, and, in a movie like this, like you, you need that fish out of water character who, uh-huh. who is, um, who's like sort of a foil to kind of get that information to you. Yeah, like you're like the the guy you who's supposed to be them. you exactly. Yeah, and this doesn't have that. I mean, it tries a little bit, but it just doesn't do it. And it like the first half hour, it, they just give you so much information, but it's like worthless. You don't you don't understand anything that's going on. And again, it, it probably makes sense if you read the book, but I haven't, right. and I'm not going to. And um, 
And it's just, the movie just goes on and on like an hour and a half into it. You're like, how much can be left? And you're like, Oh my God, there's still a half hour left. And there's like a great big battle at the end. And, uh, so the whole plot of the movie is Hugo weaving is going to attack this, this, the anti-tractionists. Um, and those are the people who live in the cities that aren't mobile and, and for and his reasoning is because there's not enough mobile cities to devour anymore so we have to go after the cities that don't move and i feel like that's the entire plot is that our way of life is ending let's continue our way of life oh god yeah it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense it doesn't really work um but i will say like there's a super weapon they they're able to uh to recreate the super weapon that destroyed mankind. And uh, that looks pretty cool when they use it. They do, they do use the super weapon and uh, that looked really neat. That was a cool effect. I know I just said, I'm not really impressed by CGI stuff, but that looked really neat. Uh, And they, they use it a couple of times and I'm like, okay, but like once they use it once, you're like, okay, that was devastating. Why would you need to shoot something like that again? And, uh, and so then they use it like two or three more times, but, uh, yeah, not a good movie. Not, not good at all. Did not it care for exhausting. it. It was exhausting. The last half hour of it is probably the best part. Like when I looked, when I looked at my watch and I, or the, the clock, I don't have a watch. <laughs> I looked at the clock and I was like, there's a half hour left. And then the last half hour started. I was like, oh, this is, this is a lot of fun here. Um, there's, there's like an aerial battle, um, which is kind of fun, even though it doesn't make any sense. They introduced this Asian character named, oh God, I want to say wing. Foot. It's a woman, right? Yeah. And I was going to ask about her cause in the previews she was awful. Yeah. Like she, she, and she had those worst lines, like, you know, the whole, like, forget everything you think, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh God. Yeah, it's 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 even worse watching it because they don't do any explanation of her character. Like uh, the movie starts off with the the main character Tom going around and he sees like a TV screen that has her picture on it and he's like, "Oh, that woman is still on the loose and she's like wanted." Um, is she, is like she basically huge... Morpheus? Um, you'd think that she's going to be like Morpheus, but she's not. She okay. basically when. She shows up in the scene when they're being sold as slaves. She shows up for no reason and says, I'll buy her and her friend. And, uh, and they, they're like, no, we're not going to sell her. You're wanted. You're worth, you're worth more dead than alive. And she goes, well, I guess we're going to have to fight then. And for no reason, she just starts fighting everyone. And she's got like a spike that comes out of the back of her foot, which is kind of cool that she uses to stab somebody in the head. The back and, of her foot? Uh, her boot. Yeah, but that that just seems that seems like the most inconvenient place to put a weapon you need to use to attack people. Yeah, but she uses it pretty effectively, even though it's dumb. Okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, there's like an and then. And then she like rescues the main girl whose name is Hester Shaw. Uh, and that reminds me of my favorite character of the movie who I will get to in a second. But um, uh, I can't believe I haven't mentioned him yet. So like, <laughs> and so she rescues Wait, the her. The main character's and she's like, name is Hester. The main character's name is Hester. Yeah. That is interesting. With an, just an H, not Chester, just Hester. No, Hester. Yeah. <laughs> just That's. That's such an unusual name for a for a young protagonist these days. Yeah. And I mean it could be okay. like a a future name kind yeah. of a thing, except that the other main character's name is Tom. Like yeah. like you like have a Game of Thrones name like Eddard, you know, like yeah. but like but nope. The, the other guy's name is Tom. And then the the Asian lady, her name is Anna. Anna Fang. And so anyway, so she rescues the main character. And the main character's like, why did you save me? And she's like, oh, I knew your mom. <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, uh, great. And her mom's name is Pandora. And guess what Pandora has? 
a box. That's right. She's got a box, which is what Hugo Weaving stole from her when when he murdered her. Uh, oh. And then, and then, spoiler alert: Hugo Weaving is Hester Shaw's father. <gasps> That's just thrown in at the very end of the movie before she has him killed. Man, I'm so surprised. Yeah, uh. it's it's bad. But that remind that brings me to my favorite character of the movie. Your favorite character. Yeah, uh, it's this half man, half machine uh, called <laughs> Shrike or Shriek. I can't remember how they pronounced it. Um, and it says it's played by Stephen Lang. But uh, are you familiar with the Superman villain Metallo? Um. No, I guess I'm. I know the name, but I can't picture it. Right? He's now. like I'm a he's like it. a cyborg that has like a kryptonite uh, power chest. Like it's okay, his, like yeah, power gotcha. supply. I gotcha. Yeah. This guy, like the the design that they did for this character, would be a perfect Metallo if they ever did that in a Superman movie. Like he looks, okay. he looks so cool, and he's a bad guy, and he's terrifying, and uh, he's called a resurrected man. Um, I guess there was like uh, a whole group of people called the resurrected men and they're like dead people who have been rebuilt as cyborgs. Uh, they have like their memories wiped and they're like super strong and they're half robot, half man. And he looks terrifying. And, and when we're introduced to him, all he does is keep screaming Hester Shaw and it's, and it's just him going Hester Shaw. <laughs> And he's saying it over and over again. He's like, he's, he's like locked in this steel cage and Hugo weaving goes up to him. And he's like, why do you want Hester Shaw? And he, and he's like, she broke a promise. And Hugo weaving is like, all right, well we got to free him from prison so he can go kill Hester Shaw. And so then he does. And this, this guy Shrike can move so fast. Like he explode. Hugo weaving blows up the prison that that the robot man is in and then while the prison is sinking uh the robot is able to get to shore doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense at all and then the robot tracks down hester shaw and uh-huh. the whole time he's just screaming hester shaw <laughs> okay let me ask you a question yeah how how many plots does this movie have this movie has no less than i want to say seven plots Okay, because that's what it feels like. It does. Hearing you talk and, about it. Like, there's the Hugo Weaving storyline. There's the Hugo Weaving daughter storyline. Um, there's the storyline of the main character and the main uh, guy character. There's the storyline of the Anna Fang character. Um, and then there's, like, the subplot of her being in love with with another guy. Like, this is a movie that feels like was supposed to be three hours long. But they uh, had to chop it down to just over two, and and I'm sure it's well, like- it, it, it kind of sounds like um, like with you saying that it's a based on an adult or a young adult novel that like it probably if they had faith that it was going to do well, they probably would have had it be a series of movies rather than. Oh yeah. They, they totally said the very end of the movie is just like setting it up for the sequel where they're like, I guess we're going to go explore the world. Huh? And they're like, yep, I guess so. And, uh, and it's bad. It's not a good movie. I do not recommend it, but check it out. (laughs) No. Um, yeah, it's it's not good, but like that robot monster is great. <laughs> he's he's really good and he's only in the movie for like a short period of time. Like when spoiler alert again, when the robot monster dies and you're like, "Oh man, he's dead, but he's the best part of this whole thing." It's a, it's a shame. No, and uh and I looked up then. I looked up how much money the movie made and yeah. uh it, the budget for the movie was like over a hundred million dollars and it only made 80 million worldwide, which is uh Whoa. Yeah. That's worldwide. Yeah. That is not, it only made 15 million in the U S Jesus. That yeah, is, like, a, that is a bomb total bomb. And, uh, wow. Yeah. It, it, and it, and it didn't deserve to do well. And I guess no, like, it sounds like the it. people who like wanted this movie, like the fans of the books, like I guess it's a four book series. Uh-huh. I guess they didn't come out for it either. 
And the the IMDb rating for it is 6.1 or 6.2. And that's not very good either. No, because IMDb is giving people credit for crap. Yeah. We almost watched the Robin Hood movie, the the new Robin Hood movie. Oh, no. And uh, I may watch that tonight. Oh, you're going to have an equally disappointing experience. I'm yeah. Did you rather see confident. It? No. I can't remember if you saw it or not. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no. It's, but that, it just looked terrible. That movie has a 5.3 rating on IMDb, oh, so I'm excited grief. to see what the difference is. But no. but visually have mortal. Drink. Yeah, visually mortal engines was was nice to look at, but like story-wise just way too much going on. Way t- way too much going on without anything being explained. So, yeah, check it out. <laughs> well, at this point, having something be nice to look at, I'm like, that's not much of a selling point. Like yeah. stuff at this point just should look good. Yeah, I would say, Period. I would like honestly say, check it out. Like when it's on Netflix, fast forward it till you get to the monster, and then when the monster dies, you can turn it off. Unless you want to see the super weapon at the end, and then you can turn it off because you know what's going to happen. Well, it sounds like I knew most of what was happening just from the preview. Yeah, it does. Which I is weird, given that in all, the preview, like, I was like, I don't even know what this movie's about. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about that Alita Battle Angel movie. Like, yeah. I kind of know exactly what's going to happen from the preview. Uh, but I'm still interested in seeing that. Did that come out yet? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I didn't even know that Lego movie was coming out. Uh, I didn't know it was out until you said you saw it. I was like, oh, man, I thought that didn't come out till this summer. Yeah. Yeah, there have been a couple things that have popped up, and I've uh, been surprised that they're coming out when they are. And there are other things that I thought have already come out and gone that mm-hmm. haven't come out yet. <laughs> so did um, just look over Fandango, like stuff coming out in the next few months and see what goes where. How did uh how did your girlfriend feel about the Lego movie too? The same as me. Oh, it was just you? Oh no, she felt the same as me. Oh she, she felt she, oh, okay. She, yeah, we walked out and we're pretty much like, well, we had the exact same experience there. Yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Go see other movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, uh I think that's all I got to say about uh Mortal Engines. All right, so I guess we got to place these movies on our. Uh, oh yeah, that's movie right. I forgot we have a whole segment ranking list. Uh, let's see. Let me open up the appropriate list. Matt, on your movie ranking list, where are you going to put the Lego Movie Two? Uh, I'm going to put that between Fantastic Beasts Two and Blazing Saddles. Better than Blazing Saddles in the number seventeen spot. Lego. Yeah, I don't well, you know what? No. Uh-oh. Let me change that. Let me let me let me put that below Blazing Saddles. Below Blazing Saddles. Yeah. All right. Lego Movie 2 in the number 18 spot. Lego yeah. Movie 2, the second part, week 103. So it's uh between Blazing Saddles and better than Worse than Blazing Saddles, but better than the kid who would be king. Yes. And then a couple slots below that, I'm going to put Ocean's 8 between House Shark and After Earth. Oh, okay. Better than After Earth, but worse than House Shark in the new number uh, number 20 slot. Ocean's 8. Yeah, I'm gonna have to send a message to those House Shark folks and let them know that <laughs> to me, House Shark is better than Ocean's Eight, After Earth, Contagion, Glass, <laughs> Possession of Hannah Grace, and Aquaman. Uh, all right, hit the old check mark, and uh, going into my list, I'm gonna put um, engines. Mortal Engines. Oh boy. Oh, gosh. I think I'm going to put it. Sounds like it's going to have to go pretty low. Yeah, I'm going to put it above Aquaman, but below After Earth into the 27th spot. Mortal Engines. Week 
103. Yeah, number 27, Mortal Engines. Better than Aquaman, worse than After Earth. Ugh, that doesn't feel right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Uh, uh, Matt, anything to plug? You know what? I don't exactly have a plug, but I want to send a thank you out to the the ladies at Red Handed, um, because I had sent them a message. I Patreon patronize them uh-huh. and uh i had sent them a message uh saying that you know if they had any tips because they've their podcast has uh really improved a lot over their i don't know 70 episodes or whatever and they sent me a message back and they said you know uh keep going be consistent apparently that's really important so we need to be consistent you mean not and uh two months at a time <laughs> yeah something like that yeah <laughs> be being a weekly podcast that's actually weekly uh-huh. um and uh they also said that if if they uh if we have any questions about audio stuff uh they they might be able to to say a bit more which uh i might go ahead and ask them i i do happen to know from their episodes that one of the things they do to make the audio quality really good yeah is uh because they reference it a lot that they're both on opposite they're they're also doing it over the phone um and they're on opposite ends in like pillow forts <laughs> like they have like blankets around them and stuff to cut right. noise yeah um so i suspect that will be one of their suggestions but i appreciate that they even got back to me at all so yeah that's thanks really cool. red-handed red-handed yeah. the, the podcast that you absolutely love i do i, I can't get enough of it um and if you're interested in sponsoring one of our segments on the show, check us out on check us out on Patreon. You can sponsor a segment like the Big Ticket sponsors our preview corner segment. Uh, otherwise, uh, check us out at thisweekinfilm.com for links to all of our everything's. And uh, I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. Bye.